produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. to another episode of Wookie Radio. I'm trying to remember what show it is. <laughs> it is the Smothers 3, Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. How you guys doing? I'm melting, but other than that, I'm okay. Melting. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> you guys don't know. Not that, me- quite, not that hot here anymore. You guys don't oh, know melting. And humid. Yes. You guys don't know melting. Um, hey, I got lucky when it was, um, when, you remember last week when they were showing um, the Midwest had that giant dome of heat, looked like a giant pimple on the map. <laughs> I was out in Montana when it was like 80 degrees. Everybody around here was melting at like 95 to 100 degrees. Uh, when I came home, it was back to normal. Uh, 109 heat index here uh, yesterday. Yeah, but that's normal for you. (laughs) No, it's not. Not really. (laughs) Not really. Um, But the... I was trying to find a story to kind of go with another one, but I'm not, I'm not having any luck. Um, business side of things, check out the homepage, we, uh, wikiradio.net. Down the size, our affiliates, also our partners, Heroes and Villains, who just introduced five Star Trek t-shirts in which one is already sold out. Sold out within an hour of it being introduced. Wow. Um, also, too, the stuff from San Diego Comic-Con is coming soon. So that Stormtrooper backpack and the Sith Lord stuff. Or Sith Trooper stuff is coming very soon. Um, also, too, found me uh, with the Bluetooth trackers, which you know, I have Chewbacca in my backpack. I have Iron Man on my keys, and I haven't figured out what I'm doing with Phasma yet. Maybe time to switch her out, switch Iron Man out for Phasma. I don't know. Um, but check them out. Use the code SMUGGLERS at either site for 15% off your first purchase. Uh, also, too, check out our web store. Uh, Mandalorian baseball jerseys are coming soon. Very close to going live with those. Other than that, get your t-shirt, sweatshirt, hat, knit hat for you skater dudes who feel, you know, it's 109 outside and it's okay to wear a knit hat like it's winter. Um, hoodies, etc. It's all right there. Um, some new designs coming for the hats as well that are just word mark only. Uh, we'll still have the traditional full logo hat as well, but we got some hats that are coming that are just going to be word mark only. So check that out. All that helps support the show. Also, too, check out our Patreon page. Um, it's patreon.com forward slash Network. Uh, I'm going to start putting up some archives from Weeby Geeks and Mighty Marvel Geeks, but uh, eventually we will have some 
Patreon-only stuff going up, such as maybe a few Patreon-only videos from when I go to Galaxy's Edge in two weeks. Two weeks from tomorrow, Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, yeah, rub it in. (laughs) But hey, well, I ran a poll all last week. I'm sure you guys saw it since you all follow. Yeah. And uh, I said in it, this is going to be part of a prize pack. Well, we have, we are doing a cross show prize pack, uh, prize giveaway um, between Weeby Geeks, Wookiee Radio, Mighty Marvel Geeks. It's going to be an all Star Wars themed giveaway. And as of today, the winner of the Kyber, the color Kyber Crystal that will be included that I will, if they're available at Galaxy's Edge, which they should be while I'm there, a purple Kyber Crystal will be added to the prize pack direct from Walt Disney World's Galaxy's Edge. What if I wanted a Black Crystal? <laughs> black Crystal is so random. I did hear how they fixed that so that people can't um, cheat and try to find those. You hear about that? Uh-uh. I guess the crystals are only available behind the counter, and you can only buy one of any one of each of the colors. So if you want a red one, you the cast member just randomly grabs one out of the box and hands it to you and that's the one you stuck with. Hmm. You can't actually check the packages. Okay, but why would why would you just buy one? I mean, no, no, no. The, the black is only the black's only thrown in with the with the red crystal. So yeah. if you get a red but crystal, your your shot is either black or red. Yeah, but if you buy the red crystal, um, you can't say, oh, this is not the one I want. I want another different one instead. No, you get the one they give you. That's what they're saying. That way, um, but you can buy multiple crystals, but you can only buy one of each color. Right. And once it goes across the counter, it can't come back. They're not returnable. I know for me that day, I'm looking at getting a green and two purples because Zoe wants a purple one. As if that should surprise anyone who knows Zoe. My daughter. Um, I mean, they, they've got the build a lightsaber here now before. I mean, they've had it before Savi's workshop where it's the nice $200 one. I mean, 25, 30 bucks. You got the plastic one like you would find in the stores. Yeah. And, and it's the flick your wrist. It extends out. And uh, the only saber she's missing besides the, the dual bladed, which she really doesn't care about. But I see that one coming eventually. Um, I have one of the original that one, the Darth Maul one. She she wants to build the the. Try uh, the, the cross guard saber, and okay. they offer and they offer it in purple. Oh, nice! So I think it's purple, blue, red. And I think there is a green, but she wants the purple, and the and the cross guard blades are also purple. So you can get the cross guard in purple, and then you add your normal blade color. So you could do cross guard purple, main blade blue if you wanted to. Now hmm. it's kids' creativity or your creativity, so whatever you want to do. Um, but she's talked about wanting to do a, an all purple one. I'm like, okay, yeah. Now with the other. You know, she wants to do dual blade, figure out how to get a coupler on the coupler pieces and we'll do the dual blade. But yeah, I mean, I would, I would love to just be able to go in and go, can I just buy this piece or that piece and not buy the whole thing? <laughs> you can, I guess if you go to, um, what is it? Doc Ondar's that has all the different, um, where yeah. is it? Which one is it you get the crystals from? I guess you could buy parts on, for lightsabers also. Doc Ondar's. Uh, yeah. actually, I don't so you think can buy- you Reblies and little add-ons and little things like that. It's not actual saber parts, but it's like stuff to it's decorate decorative pieces for it. Uh, I'm not sure about that. I'll I'll find out in a couple weeks. Yeah, you'll have to check. But um, the, everything I've heard is you can actually you can buy parts for your lightsaber. Yeah, that's but that's also uh, that may be the Rebel Store, Rebel Outfitters, where you can yeah. buy like the the uh, the belt clips and whatnot. Because I would I would love to get the Jedi food capsules, which actually come with candy in them. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, I have I have a set, and mine are very metallic looking. But apparently, not all of them were metallic looking. 
looking. So, uh, and apparently they are, they have, they have brought back the, um, comlinks, the stormtrooper comlinks. Ah, nice. Which you can use with your phone. I'll say, do they hook up Bluetooth to your phone? They are Bluetooth with the phone. Here's mine. I've shown you guys this before. Mm-hmm. I got I got to find my belt clip for it, though. But since I'm not a stormtrooper and I would have stolen it from a stormtrooper, I'm looking at possibly making my own belt clip for it where I hold. Because the, the belt clip that comes through it, it's just two pieces of plastic that you squeeze it in between, and it doesn't take much for it to come out. Yeah. So I almost want to do something where there's an elastic. See, I may talk to you about having Vicky make it for me. Okay. Well, what you need is something that'll clip it to your collar. Uh, technically, that's supposed to be inside of a stormtrooper helmet. No, no. It's something that you pull out. Yeah. Because you do see some. But, trooper, but troopers never use those. Actual troopers, it's actually built into their helmet already. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. But if you clip that to your collar, I don't then know. you don't have I, to. I could have we see in a couple of the movies where they're holding the comm in their hand. Yeah. I know we see C-3PO do it, and I know we see other people do it. You don't yeah. see stormtroopers doing it, though. Right, not the stormtroopers. Then what am I thinking? Troopers have that stuff built into the helmets. Well, no, you're seeing it because that is the um, comm link used in A New Hope. It is the one that right. 3PO has. And um, Han and Leia and Luke, all those guys are using. But right. you got to remember, Han and Luke um, stole the tro- stormtrooper armor, but they did not run around with the helmets after a while. So right. they had to take but the comlinks out of it. But the way they or make they had the, to have their own. Helmet. But the way they make the clip, though, it's something that could fit on the belt. Yeah, and, well, and it's designed to fit with the, the belt. Because um, people don't walk around with helmets usually. Yeah, right. Yeah, but I know, I know, we've seen it in another film, Rogue One. We see it, don't we? I don't know if we see that one or not. Or do we see it in Solo? I know we've seen it in some others in some other films don't remember I know the, only other, the only other comlink i could think of is the um razor comlink that they use in uh yeah. episode one if they had that actually made with bluetooth i would, I would get that too oh yeah. i'm sure someone has it talk to some of the prop makers out there and i bet you someone's done it oh no i'm saying an actual one if, if Disney sold it, yeah. I'd be all over it. Um, but no, I mean, for for me, it's, I love mine. I, I wasn't a big fan of the clip, but I would love to get like a holder made for this. And I'm, I'm just yeah. not sure how I would do it. I know it would probably be a belt, a belt loop where I could slide it through my belt and then just have elastic, like an elastic band this way and then coming down to the bottom so I could just slide it, push it in and then pull it out as need be. Look through um, websites that would have like a tactical belt pouches. Yeah. I'm sure they have something that would actually do it, even if it's like a mesh. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll figure out something. And it just, it would slide on your belt. Yeah, I'll, Or I'll go to um, any of your Army, Navy surplus around or um, uniform stores, police uniform, yeah. firefighter uniform stores. Yeah. Places like that have something like that. Because I, w- I would love to have f- find something, too, where, you know, a lot of backpacks have that strap, an additional strap that goes around the, the shoulder strap where you could tuck sunglasses. I would love yeah. to be able to tuck this, you know, have that clip around that as well type thing. But... Um, so yeah, we're doing the giveaway. Uh, I can say I have stuff coming from Joe Carmania. Cool. That will be autographed. Uh, we'll most likely have something from John Tyler Christopher autographed. And, um, not 100% certain yet, but it's almost, almost a done deal. It's a book from John Jackson Miller. Oh, nice. Who was oh. our guest last week. So, yes. so some, some great stuff there. Um, and, and of course the Kyber Crystal. If I could pick up some extra Galaxy Edge swag, like extra park maps or whatnot, I'll throw those in too for Walt Disney World. Why are we doing this? Because I am going to Galaxy's Edge on the 15th, and you know, for us, it's a big deal. Uh, for that week, we're actually moving our record night because we're going to have a Smuggler's Alliance 
that night. And uh, I'm going to get drilled for I don't know how long of the show because we're we'll come up with some stories just in case we don't go the whole show about it. But we're going to we're going to we're going to do essentially the rest of the Smugglers Alliance is going to do an AMA on me about Galaxy's Edge. That's provided I'm still not in shock when I <laughs> when we come on the show that night. So we'll have to let Jim know. See if he's available. Yeah, actually, I was just talking to him earlier. Uh, what night was that going to be? The 15th. The 15th. All right. It's a I'll Thursday, have... not our normal right. Wednesday. So speaking of Galaxy's Edge, uh, StarWars.com had this great story, uh, the magic and myth of the of story at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Of course, with Disney, it, you know, every attraction, every pavilion, every whatever, it's about the magic. It's about the st- it's about the myth and the story that goes behind it. Um, look at World of Pandora. Um, supposed you're supposed to feel like you're on Pandora. Well, okay, yeah, a little bit, but I mean, hands are tied a little bit because of Cameron. But you look at you know, anywhere else, it's when you do the Tron coaster, you're going to feel like you're in Tron. Mm. You, you go to Epcot in the parks, even though they've added Arendelle next to Norway, you, you feel like you're part of the movie and you're still part of Norway. I mean, it fits in. Well, of course, they're doing the same thing with Galaxy's Edge, with Batu, uh, the Black Spire outpost, which has already been referenced in Solo, um, which is the first movie to be able to reference it. Um, this is a location that we've been told will never be featured in the films only referenced that way it stays special as someplace you have to go visit because you'll never see it yeah well it's in what i believe it's also in um the second thrawn book that came out last summer alliance i believe so I think that was black spire also i believe so so um so the the team at lucasfilm and Imag- and wdi walt disney imagineering uh had the great pleasure of taking part of the storytelling in a whole new medium and a whole new challenge to make sure it it melts the existing lore with with the intent of allowing the visitors to experience their own Star Wars stories. So like when when I go on the 15th, I'm going to have a Star Wars story that is going to be one of my wife and my owns for that time that only exists for us that I will that I will be sharing. Now, it's not like we're coming in going, okay, being handed stuff going here. Here's what you got to do. And here's your here's your storylines. It's from us walking in and just our experience of the land or the pavilion, whatever you want to call it. It's going to be my knowledge of Star Wars, the lack of knowledge of Star Wars of my wife, Melissa combining the two going okay we are now on this planet on this marketplace what are we going to do where are we going to go if the data pad section of the app is available to us on Play Disney during previews, I'm going to try and utilize it when I'm not taking videos or pictures or whatnot, uh, which is going to be the hard part to do because it's so immersive. I want to get started on that and build up my reputation, but I also want I want, docu- want document stuff as well. It's one of those, um, all that comes into play. So you, so you become a character in this, in the Star Wars universe. You become in- involved. You have your reputation, whether you go like we've talked about before first order um resistance scoundrel um all depending on the missions whatnot and i'm looking forward to that you don't get that at harry potter at the wizarding world you don't get that at avatar where you become part of the story 
you go, you know, like with, oh, I'm going to practice the wands, and you could try and make yourself a part of the story, but they don't interact with you as if you're part of the story. Here, you're going to be interacting as if you are from another galaxy visiting their planet, because the cast members here are inhabitants of this planet and live in this outpost, and they're going to talk to you about where you're from and interact with you. Oh, I see you you screwed up the Falcon for when flying on mission for Hondo. How could you go and do that? How much did that cost you from Hondo? Stuff like that. Um, and that's where your reputation comes from if you use the app. And, it, and it's so cool. I, I was able to check out the app on, on my Play Disney. I, I was able to check out the data pad from California. And it asks you if you allow the app to interact. Well, the app itself, because a lot of the games are available in queue lines of different rides and whatnot, it asks you if you want it to be able to, your phone, if you want it to be recognized by other Bluetooth devices in the park so you can play the games. And that's how you keep track of every, like your reputation in Galaxy's Edge. So, I mean... <laughs> I'm getting goosebumps just sitting here talking about this. <laughs> I'm so yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm yeah. I'm so excited. It's like I'm a German school girl. You and your German schoolgirls. Hey, they're not East German, so they're hot. <laughs> it's just kind of creepy. Okay. Yeah. What do you want me to say? Russian schoolgirl? Japanese. Schoolgirls in general. <laughs> <laughs> Um, How old are you? I mean, yeah. No comment. Said. I am. I am almost a year. <laughs> I, I am less than a month away from being a year from fifty. As I like to tell everybody, I am old enough to know better, but young enough to do it anyway. <laughs> you know what? I could be eighty-eight and I still be young enough to do it anyway. That's right. <laughs> um. So you know, here here we are. We're looking at Star Wars and we're you know in the array of inspirations. And George Lucas did it best when he basically took samurai film and World War II pictures and Westerns and boiled it all together, um, which is interesting because I asked my mom, I said, Mom, why did Dad take us to go see this? go see Star Wars because I know dad's a, a, more of a Star Trek fan than anything but I don't think he realizes what he did or, or, the, or the, how this affected me so much he got, and she said well she he did afterwards but he went to he heard about it and kept hearing that it was like a space western and that piqued his interest because he was into westerns a lot hmm. um, which of course you know we, we, we could see that with, with A New Hope where it's a little bit of a western it's more of a west yeah, it's more of a western with solo than it is yeah. anything else yeah well that was that was one of the selling points when it first came out was that it was a space western right so that's what piqued my dad and um i said were y'all surprised that i stayed awake for the second viewing at the drive-in and she goes no the way you f- you got Im- you you fell so deep into it from the start on the first film we knew you were going to be up for the second film for the second showing um so that's one of the things i'm kind of hoping with with batu is i mean even even with corsican you still kind of get that vibe of if it's a western it's still that big city in the western you know set in a western time period like a new york city or like san francisco or whatever from from the west you know that's what that's what it would have been like and, and that's what you still get now um but um matt martin who's a creative executive at lucasfilm story group says it, he compares batu or the planet batu to like one of the forgotten towns on route 66 it was once a place where in the early days of hyperspace travel 
level. Ships will go stock up, resupply, gas up. Um, but as time has gone by and hyperspace travel advanced and better hyperspace lanes were have been established, now Batu's kind of fallen a little bit from its glory days. Hmm, where have we heard that before? Oh, let's see. Kind of, kind of a little bit of the story of Cars, the first Cars movie. Um, but now is the place where people want to go when they want to get lost, when they want to be off the radar. So it makes you wonder how much reference will Bat- of Batu where there will there be in the Mandalorian. Mm. And, and see, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't mind if they go to another outpost on Batu, as long as they never go to Black Spire outpost in the films. Yeah. Never show Black Spire outpost on the films. Right. And this is supposed to be the big outpost on Batu. But if there's like another smaller one or a guild or some sort of guild hangout, maybe show that. I don't know. But don't ever put Black Spire outpost on film. Yeah. That, that's the way I see it. Uh, now, maybe kind of cool if they did um, if they did do something where you don't go to Black Spire, but maybe Doc Ondar or someone shows up in one of the TV series or something. That would and be cool. See him, even if it's a background or just a side thing where he's picking up something to take back to his shop. Right? That, that would be cool. Uh, now, Doc Ondar has been mentioned by Kira in Solo Star Wars Story. Uh, it has had references in um, in story, you know, between a series of books and comics. Uh, the timeline for where Galaxy Edge is falling is somewhere between The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker for the moment. Doesn't mean that it can't change so- slightly afterwards. That once right. the story's done, it wouldn't be that hard to go to start incorporating the events of The Rise of Skywalker. Because obviously it can't take place after at the moment because then you're going to be spoiling the crap out of the movie. Yeah. So uh, when you end Enter Black Spire Outpost. Visitors are immediately transported to another world. I mean, literally another world. Okay, you're still on Earth, but with the immersion of the details, it's going to feel so realistic. Um, you know, a surprising amount of story goes into the into every element. Uh, every shop has its own backstory. Um, it's shocking how much detail there is from the signs on the cantina walls and that tie into other Star Wars storytelling to all the different bits and pieces that are scattered around Doc Ondar's shop uh, that have existed in, in Star Trek lore to all the audio tracks you'll hear. Um, wait, wait, wait. What lore? Star Wars lore. I said Star Trek, didn't I? Uh, yes, you did. I was going to let it go, but... Yeah, I can't let that one go. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars lore. Hey, who knows? Maybe Spock's been here, too. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's just on the other side of the Klingon Empire. Is mm-hmm. the galaxy far, far away. Uh, it's it's Hod, uh, Hildago's voice that you'll hear as the DJ during some of the segments of the Galactic Broadcast. Galactic Broadcast. Wow, that was weird. Um, mm-hmm. Im- Imperial's trying to jam our, our signal. Apparently so. It's what we get for trying to piggyback on the holonet. Hey, what, what else are we going to do? Yeah. Actually, I guess we have to say it's the First Order, not the Imperials, since we're at that stage now. Right, 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 right. Well, we'll um, see after um, Rise of Skywalker. True. Uh, and then it's um, Matt Martin also snagged a role. Uh, he says he is Doc Ondar's muscle, he says with a laugh. Uh, even with the element so small, audio can be heard inside the refresher. You guys know what the refresher is, right? Yes. It is the bathroom. And also there's a f- handful of other places uh, creators sought to add a little depth of storytelling to with alien languages represented in delightful, absurd 
local flavor from a Wookiee hair product commercial to a droid call-in program. <laughs> I'm going to have to find that hair product commercial, record it so we can use it for show. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. So, God, I, would, I would love to try and find somewhere, someone who, who ends up getting all these different ads because I would play them in show. Because <laughs> that's what we do here on Wookiee Radio across, you know, since we aired this on the Holonets. We're piggyback on, along the signals on that where we, pi- I guess it's pirate, pirate ourselves onto the Holonet. Um, nah, we smuggle, smuggle along the ra- airwaves. We're not pirates. Yeah, that's true. But it's almost like pirate radio, though. We're classier than that. <laughs> as classy as scoundrels could be. Well, I say I wouldn't swear like that, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in the soundscape of things, designers include everything from rot, wild creatures lumbering through the greenery to residents bickering in the apartments above. Uh, similar to the soundscape created for Main Street USA and elsewhere in the parks. But the radio broadcast was special. It started with commercials. We definitely have to have a Wookiee shampoo commercial, right? Uh, says Kerison. Uh, who's Kerison? I must have missed this person when we started the story. Um, there's Scott Trowbridge, Tra- who's the creative executive for Imagineering. Uh, we got Pablo Hidalgo. Uh, I don't see Kerison. Uh, yeah, I don't know Kerison's first name, so I apologize. Um, so Kerison says, recalling an early conversation, sleek and chic, Kashik. She adds with a laugh, "That's something we would we really that would really be believable." Now, David Collins and Matt Wood from Skywalker Sound agreed to lend their voices to audio into the scripts, and then the scripts began to grow. Not only do we have commercials, we have this podcast called we call the Hut Hour. <laughs> Those need to be making an appearance on iTunes. I'm sorry. Carison uh, is Margaret Carison. She's the Thank managing story editor for Walt Disney Imagineering. Thank you. I couldn't find it in my quick glance. All the way to the top of the article. <laughs> uh, there's this protocol droid having droids call in for their various needs. We have a podcasting sequence and a hollow chest tournament going on somewhere on Batu. she adds. All narrated by the hushed tones of a whispering commentator. All of these things to build to this rich tapestry of culture in our land. Basically what we would find here. Now I need to know what is this platform that the podcast is on so we know to start referencing that for our podcast. Since I feel we're part of this Batu universe. Uh, so, you know, of course, with Star Wars, according to Hidalgo, uh, when you get right down to it, it was two hours of imagery that stuck with you for years, years, and years. This is a whole new level. It's so detailed, so well designed, you're basically creating frames of a Star Wars movie with your own eyes. Uh, so it's like you have your own personalized Star Wars movie, and whenever you shut your eyes and you think back to your visit. Hmm. Uh, when you step into onto Batu, you become part of Star Wars inside a place where the underworld intersects with with the growing threat of the First Order and the rise of the Resistance. And suddenly, the galaxy isn't so far away anymore. Now, here, here's the fun thing. Slash Film brought up one interesting point. They bring up Knott's Berry Farm, uh, their ghost town alive. They say it has what Galaxy Edge is missing. Now, missing. what is missing? So hear this out. According to SlashFilm.com, five years ago, Disneyland ran Legends of Frontierland, which put part guests inside an immersive game experience where two f- different factions competed to own most land, to own the most land 
in and take ownership of Frontierland. It wasn't a secret. It was a game to test for the company's upcoming Star Wars land, now Galaxy's Edge. The early announcements for Star Wars Galaxy Edge even touted how the land would be innovative, putting you into your own Star Wars story, create a character, and all the decisions you make throughout the land would affect your interactions with Batu locals, who at the time were described as a mix of alien species and droids. Mm. Now, when it comes time for me to name myself, I'm going to use the name I have always used, how how I submitted to Jedi Assembly, even how I submitted to Rebel Legion when I was active members of both. I am going with my Hebrew name, which is Mikhail, <laughs> which sounds almost like a Star Wars name. Yeah. So, um, but when Galaxy's Edge opened to the public, most of the interactive storytelling experience um, has ended up as a side note on the Datapad app, which is what we've talked about. Uh, most people go into the land, don't even use the app, um, and the only walk-around characters that are seen at the moment are Ray, Chewbacca, the First Order Stormtroopers, a First Order officer who gets yelled at by Kylo Ren. Have y'all seen that video of the show of uh, no. when Kylo Ren... Oh, you gotta check it out. Uh, there's a show where the First Order officer uh, makes his proclamation and whatnot, and it ends up... Um, uh, some brain farting here. Um, Kylo Ren comes out and chews him out for not finding any rebel or any resistance spies or personnel or whatnot, and, and starts to force choke him, mm. which is played out very well or with this particular oh, actor. Video, but I heard about this, yeah. Yeah, um, so it's pretty cool. And then you also have this character named V, who is a character created for the land, who is a resistance spy who hangs over on the First Order side. Um, now, the writer of the story said he was told once by a shop owner in the marketplace that he that they had heard, I messed up the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> but that's nowhere close to the promise that he that he heard that he may be confronted by a bounty hunter in the cantina because of his actions in the smuggler's run ride. No. So um, while it is one of the most immersive par- theme park lands created, it's sorely lacking the characters, the aliens and the droids that were promised by Imagineering. OK, there's a lot there. We're talking Star Wars. There is a lot there to do all this. First, you got to staff it, get it up and running. All right. If you're going to add the characters, the aliens, and the droids, well, depending on what type of droids you're doing, if they're astromechs, you got to get the people trained to control them. If you're talking protocol droids, you got to get people to wear the outfits. <sighs> Uh, aliens, you gotta get the characters to do it. Um, everyone else, I mean, it's a little more difficult, but apparently Nosberry Farms Ghost Town Alive attempts to do some of the same, do some of the insane wild, uh, Westworld style immersion that was promised for Galaxy's Edge. Uh, the seasonal event was launched a few years ago and it's gotten bigger and bigger every year. Um, so apparently what you could do is the writer and his daughter went or either daughter or wife went on National Cowboy Day. What starts as Calico's Founders Day celebration quickly becomes an opportunity for the small western town to become the jewel of the West if that pesky Mayfield family doesn't ruin things with their attempt to rob the bank. Story simple, maybe even corny at times, filled with twists, but it makes this experience 
gets special is the interaction with the characters who are found all over the land, like the mayor uh, and his snappy, unscripted responses to your interactions. So um, I do know Chewie and Ray interact with you quite a bit, but um, it's, it's some of that that, that makes it I, I can see where they say some of that's missing, you know? Yeah. Well, also, you got to think this the land's just opened. You have to have something somewhere to grow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like we said, let's see what happens with the end of of the episodic films with the rise of Skywalker because who knows what's going to be added after all that. So, well, also uh, it's kind of, it goes with the um, critique we've heard from a lot of people about the sequel tri- movies that you have a lack of recognizable aliens and droids and things in there other than the ones that are specifically named. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, have we seen any Rodians running around at all? There's been no Rodians, no hammerheads, none of that anywhere in the sequel trilogy. No, no. Nope. They show how fantastic all these new, all the new characters are, but the old characters help make it Star Wars. Yeah. All right. And we do see some of those in the prequels. So mm-hmm. I, I think I, I think you're right. There there needs to be some of that. Um, I know Disney has come out and said it was our mistake to release Solo when we did. And it's because it was too close. No, I don't think it was because it was too close. One, they didn't market like we've talked about. Two, you had it did poorly because you had so many people pissed off about Last Jedi that it, it put it. Well, I guess it was too close because it put people going six months. I'm not watching another film that's going to be horrible, potentially horrible. Right. You know, as we said, if they waited till August, September, then it wouldn't have been an issue. But anyway, um, speaking of issues, let's get into uh, a little Alphabet Squadron. Oh, yeah. Now, you guys haven't read this yet, have you? No. Have you read? You guys have read the TIE Fighter series that goes along with it, right? In in the process of reading it. uh, They're only... What's that get into? Is that basically about the 204th? Um... I believe so. Oh wait, the, are you talking about the Tie Fighter comic series? Yeah. Oh right, yeah. I did. I, I am in the process of reading that. Yeah, they're only four. I, that's what a five issue mini. Yeah. And an issue four just came out. Yeah. And I don't remember. I at the comic shop today. I looked. I flipped through one of them pretty quick, and it looked like it was mostly about the two hundred fourth Imperial Fighter Wing, which is a Tie Fighter Squadron. Yeah. Um. Well, Alphabet Squadron is the opposite of that. It's actually a New Republic intelligence squadron that's been put together um, they're actually an intelligence group they weren't even a squadron when you first start this um, they're a group that get together to find the 204th Imperial Fighter Wing it's about four years after uh, Return of the Jedi and it very much fills a spot that's been missing since the uh, since the new or the original expanding universe became legends and the new canon has started and that spot is the Rogue Squadron spot uh-huh. there's a lot of people that Rogue Squadron has a special place in their heart the entire series from Rogue Squadron all the way through becoming Wraith Squadron and all the other things. Well, Rogue, Rogue, uh, Rogue Squadron, the group, is canon. Yeah. Because they well, are I'm referred to as Rogue Squadron in Empire Return and Return of the Jedi. Yeah, but um, this takes a, this um, would fit right in with the book series of Rogue Squadron mm. that takes place okay. after Return of the Jedi. Because, um, especially, like I said, when you get into um, more when Rogue Squadron became Wraith Squadron, because as Wraith Squadron, it was still the rogue pilots, but they were doing more intelligence missions and spy things, things like that. And that's what this is. Rogue, or Alphabet Squadron is actually made up of five different starships. And they're Alphabet Squadron because it's an X-Wing, an A-Wing, a B-Wing, a Y-Wing, and a U-Wing. Hmm. So it's basically all the different fighters available, all in this. None yeah. of the pilots get along. They're, yeah. uh, the one that's put in the commander is actually a former pilot from the 204th Imperial Wing, a defector named uh-huh. Erica Quell. Uh-huh. Um, and she 
actually is put in charge of the or as the actual um, squadron commander, but they're put together by um, Karen Aiden, which is just a regular intelligence officer. But the cool thing is they're stationed on um, the Lodestar capital ship, which is under the command of a General Harris and Dula. So Hera has a part in helping bring this ragtag group of um, different people together. Sound kind of familiar? And this, <laughs> like something she's done before, maybe once or twice. So we're we're still this is, we're taking. I'm trying to remember when Tie Fire takes place. All this takes place after. Yes, this Battle is after of Endor. Jedi. Yeah, but after it's about four years or so after the Battle of Endor for this. Um, and it basically just goes through them becoming a squadron, coming together, and then um learning who they all are and things. And you can tell this feels like a setup, kind of like the first Rogue Squadron book did, a setup for that they could make this an entire series of books about Alphabet Squadron. Like okay. I said, this very much felt like um spiritual uh, continuation of where Rogue Squadron was doing, since Ro- the Rogue Squadron books are out of canon right now. Is there, is there any plan to make it a series? I have no idea. Wouldn't it be cool if they turned this into another series for Disney Plus? Mm, yes, possibly. But I think this is um, if they would do this as a book series. This is this would be. Um, I think what something that the books would kind of need needs right now. We need something that is outside of the main stories and things, but an actual like Rogue Squadron was. Rogue Squadron, the original books in the expanded universe, really they took place in the same universe as everything else, but they kind of stood on their own and did what what they were doing. They really didn't have a major effect on the entire rest of the timeline. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. They were Wedge and Tilly's and his group doing things and you'd have other recognizable Star Wars characters in and out. Like Harrison Dula is not a major character in this. She is in the book throughout, but she's the, it's not about her. Mm. And it, it's like that Rogue Squadron did that a lot. There was a lot of other characters that may have been mentioned once or twice that show up in these books and then would move back out. Mm. And that's something I think the books need right now because it seems all the books that they're doing are on the heavier side. They're all stuff that's actually advancing the the major saga story forward or back. Right, depending on where right. they're at. So this would be a cool just side set of stories that could be awesome. Yeah. Now, one thing that would be cool is, as I've said before, where X-Wing and TIE Fighter need to come back to games and actually mm-hmm. get a revamp and actually bring them up to modern times. Do like they did with um, Rogue Squadron comic books and books. They had a tie-in with the video game that was out. Yeah. And if they would do an Alphabet Squadron video game. Oh, that would be fun. Add your spy aspects, your spy and intelligence aspects into it, but also have it be a flight sim. Oh, that would be that could be phenomenal for this. Do do that and 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 do you know X Wing versus Tie Fighter twenty twenty or whatever, and it's yeah, you know your X Wing is your Alphabet Squadron, your Y Wing, your your Shadow, your you're the Shadow Squad of the two hundred four mm-hmm. of the two hundred fourth. Yeah, the Shadow Squadron. Yeah, you could do that with this. I mean, it, I enjoy, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was uh, all the characters were interesting. One of them, uh, let me look up. I have the I have the wiki up here, so or the um, Wikipedia. Kairos, the one pilot of the U-Wing, you still, by the time you get to the end, you still have no idea who she is. She's totally wrapped in robes and a helmet, and you don't even know, you don't know what species or anything else. Yeah, no kidding. And she doesn't talk. There's a there are, there are like two or three words she says in the entire book, but that's it. She never talks. Um, there is they do end up finding um, the uh, one of the it's kind of a spoiler, but um, they do come across a Jedi temple at one point. Oh, that's cool. 
Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of um, deep stuff in here without having to be um, totally locked into everything we do is going to affect everything else in the universe. Right. <clears throat> Since this is Alphabet Squadron versus the Shadow Squadron, it doesn't have to d- affect the main storyline of Star Wars. Hmm. And yet it is part of the story, story of Star Wars. Right, which is something I always love about Star Wars, that you can do mm-hmm. stuff that... Yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping they continue and do more of this. Um, it was, like I said, it was well-written. I did Lazy Read, so the um, audiobook was awesome. Mm. <laughs> was that monotone? No. As they um, tend to be? No, 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 no. No, Star Wars books don't get to that. Because yeah. in Star Wars books, they actually do your full... Um, they have sound effects and the music going with it, and they have the, basically the top of the, the best of the best when it comes to narrators. Um, I'm yeah. going to butcher this name, but the narrator was uh, Saskia... Uh, uh, Mar Leveld. Bring her up now. <laughs> oh, she's a New Zealand actor. Oh, she did um, Leia, Princess of Alderaan, hmm. and then a couple of the stories from a certain point of view in Canto Bite. Okay. So she's a, a veteran of doing Star Wars books. So okay. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I suggest it for anybody who wants to, um, that, especially if you liked Rogue Squadron. Right. This one here is going to hit all the same itches. Excellent. While still being a totally unique and new story. Sounds that, good. That's very cool. Now, there's a Piggy's not in it, so you don't get your Gamorrean pilot and you don't get the Ewok pilot, but still. <laughs> now, people who read Rogue Squadron know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, like I said, I recommend it. Go check it out. Well, that's cool. And with that, I gotta get going, guys. <laughs> not a problem. Stay clear of the First Order and we'll see you in two weeks. And, yeah, two weeks at the Rebel Roundtable, or the um, Smugglers Roundtable. Yep. Right. Have a good one. See you. So, um, speaking of Disney, like I kind of mentioned earlier, uh, here are the Star Wars titles that will be available on Disney Plus launch day. And those are your titles. Oh, wait. Sorry. (laughs) Did I fall asleep or something? Did I miss something? Um, Maybe. Um, So, of course, Disney Plus is debuting November 12th. And according to a new report from CNET, Disney Plus will have access. Users of Disney Plus will have access to both the original trilogy of films and the prequel trilogy when the service launches, in addition to The Force Awakens and Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, Star Wars, The Last Jedi, and Solo, A Star Wars Story. Uh, Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Uh, In addition, Star Wars, The Force Awakens, and Rogue One will be on the service. The Last Jedi and Solo have previous commitments to Netflix, but are set to land within a year of Disney Plus's launch. So by November 12th of 2020, those will be there. Now, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker will be the first new film from the franchise that will make its streaming debut on the service mm-hmm. at some point after its release, likely within the first year. Now, as far as series is concerned, uh, Mandalorian is set to launch on launch day. Yes. Um, though it's unclear of the first season's release strategy will be, whether it be a weekly thing or sit and binge. Uh, uh, it's my question. <laughs> well, not really, but... Uh, both Star Wars Rebels and previous seasons of The Clone Wars will be available on launch. Thank you. Because I've been jonesing to watch it, streaming. Yeah, I have some of the DVDs, which I want to upgrade to the Blu-ray, but Netflix, they're gone. Mm. So, uh, along with the final 
final season of Clone Wars to debut on the service by the end of the year. So with the way my daughter's been binging on Disney now with Jonas Brothers or binging School of Rock on, on Hulu, it'll be, honey, you want to see the final season of Clone Wars? You need to start binging six seasons of Clone Wars now. They're half-hour episodes, so 22 minutes long on the streaming service. You could do it. Um, a second season of the animated Star Wars Resistance will be de- debuting this fall on Disney Channel. Um, but it's unclear on whether the series will be made available at any point on Disney+. Plus. You know, they make it available on Disney now. Day of airing, unless there's something major that they don't want to don't want to have spoiled before it airs on the network. It's so usually they- why not go the Hulu route once it airs and then they replay it throughout the week at various times. Why not go ahead and put it on Hulu the day after? Yeah, that makes sense. Or two days after. That way it's available. Right. Now, another project that uh, we all could be excited for, which I think we all are, is the adventures of Cassian and K2SO. Uh, the series has reportedly began shooting, uh, will begin shooting before the end of the year, but it will not debut within the first year of launch, which is okay. Yeah, yeah. We're okay with that. Yeah. So, um, at this point in time, I'm going to say I'm going to turn this next story over to you since we're down a man and format changes. Okay, well, you should have given me a little advance warning on that, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, well, I gave you your advance warning. Ten seconds ago. <laughs> now we got to find this because I didn't have it up. Ah, there we go. Did you uh, did you hand this one over to me just because it's a video game story? I did because you're our video game guru. You make sure our gaming system. Derek is the smuggler who makes sure the gaming systems on all the smuggler ships are working fine. What can I say? You know, I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> just don't call me an IT guy. Well, we don't mm. because All you're, right. because you're it. <laughs> yeah, that, that one physically hurt. Yeah, but you, you know, someone found it funny. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, laugh it up, fuzzball. <laughs> it's one of my favorite lines from, from Empire. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Oh, I love that one. Anyway, uh, so there's a little game coming out called Star Wars Resistance Racer. And uh, on StarWars.com, they have five reasons to take to the skies with Star Wars Resistance Racer. Uh, So Resistance Racer is developed in collaboration with Neo Pangea. is the first video game centering on Disney Channel Star Wars Resistance. Um, Hopefully not the last. Uh, And it is an inviting but challenging title that can be enjoyed for a few short minutes or for hours at a time. Very interesting. Yeah. So, um, reason number one, it really feels like Star Wars Resistance, which is really cool. Uh, it has the same character art and vibrant, vibrant color palette from the series. It uses authentic voiceover lines uh, from the cast, and it samples music straight from composer Michael Tavera. Uh, and uh, it has everything from the signature cell shaded look to the various aces 
Lynch's unique starfighter design. And uh, it even has the Colossus. Number two, anybody can pick this one up and have fun with it. One fingertip is all it takes to accelerate and steer. Interesting. Uh, you just collect blue shield power-ups, hit green speed boosts, and maneuver your way through the ring checkpoints to claim victory. But there will also be obstacles to slow you down on your way. Oh, that's cool. Um, I guess you can customize your ship a little, too. That's cool. Oh, that's cool. Uh, number three, Resistance Racer plays like the classics, but not the ones you'd expect. Um, so, of course, some of the uh, best Star Wars race games out there, Episode One Racer and Racer's yes. Oh, that was a great game. Uh, yes, it was. Yes, it was. But this one actually has more in common with the Swoop Racing minigame first seen in 2003's Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, God, that's a difficult. That was that was kind of difficult. Mm, where players would run dangerous time trials on a number of planet-specific tracks. Uh, Resistance Racer adds one big twist this time. You're also drag racing against a fast opponent. Uh, reason number four, a host of your favorite characters are here. Uh, they're going to have Kaz, Tam. Um, they're going to have... Colorful commentary from Niku, uh, Jaeger, and uh, Tora, Doza, Bulk Evil, Hype Phazon, Griff, and Freya Fenris are all going to be in the game. Oh, that's cool. Yes. And number five, Resistance Racer has plenty of reasons for you to keep playing. Uh, Like I said, you can customize your fireball with a fresh coat of paint every now and then. You can unlock different wings and engine upgrades. As you rack up more trophies, uh, you can sort a victory in four different themed tournaments. The Platform Classic Cup, Castillon Run Cup, Triple Dark Storm Cup, and Colossus Master Cup. And then if you do all that, you can unlock a special final challenge. Challenge? Excuse me. Challenge. Uh, and, well, this is interesting, po, and you can also unlock Poe Dameron's white and blue T-70 X-Wing. Oh, interesting. That's and, cool. of course, each competition is a little tougher than the previous one, and the track is never quite the same from race to race. So, the Resistance uh, Racer is available on the Disney Now app for iOS and Android mobile devices. And it looks pretty good. See, I haven't played the games on there in a while. Mm. Uh, there were some cool games from Rebels on there. Um, but I, I'm I'm gonna have to get back on there and take a look. It'd be fun. Sounds yeah. like a fun little. Yeah, I I almost wish that they would almost have made this its own game. Yeah, yeah, I kind of do too. Uh, I would love to see some more games similar to this on uh, for for the phones or for mobile mm-hmm. devices. It's like I yeah. I've been playing Star Trek Fleet Commander. I'm sitting oh, going. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at this going. Why can't we have a Star Wars version of this? <laughs> I want a Star Wars version of this. It'd be so cool to do. So you're enjoying that game? I am. I am. Hmm. I am. I am debating making a smuggler, a, a smugglers alliance or smugglers guild alliance group on there. Hmm. So, um, well, I guess go into the next story, Ooh. which may be our last story of the night. I don't know yet. Depends on how far we get into this. But um, yakface.com has pointed out 
out that the official cover for Pablo Hidalgo's The Rise of Skywalker Visual Dictionary reveals a photo and a name of a brand new TIE fighter vehicle from the film, and it's called the TIE Dagger. And it looks pretty sweet. It appears to have a double wing construction design to possibly result in more speed and maneuverability compared to a standard TIE fighter. Could this be the new fighter flown by the red-clad Sith troopers? Ooh, mm-hmm. Sith TIE pilots? Oh, now you're talking. Um, and I think it's funny. These have got um, shades of red on the wings. Mm, yeah. But the, but the body is not black. It's, or the cockpit section, it, it's the old school. Gray, yeah. Grayish blue. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so, now when they say, it's it's similar to the original TIE Fighter, except it's got almost like the TIE Interceptor wings. Right. Except they're not they're 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 straight vertical there's no there's no bends to them right and then there's a and then there's a small second wing attached to it and they're triangle shaped yeah and i'm just noticing you notice on the cockpit there's no well, I guess there is the blasters right there. Yeah, there is. But did you notice the cannons inside the, between the two wings? Oh, I did not. Look at that. Oh, it's almost like a heavier cannon. That is interesting. I am liking this. Mm-hmm. Me too. As, as much as I have always said, I have liked the Rebel um, the Rebel ships. I mean, I love the X-Wings. I love the A-Wing. Uh, I think those two are my favorite. I do like the Y-Wing. Don't get me wrong. Um, yeah. I did like the Jedi Starfighters at very, at the various, the various models of that. Um, yeah. but I think fighter craft, I have always liked the TIE fighters because there is so much variety. Yeah. I've always liked the, the way, the different variations they've had on it. I like the way they've done it. I mean, with the, fir- with the first film, we only knew there's the TIE fighter. And then Vader's TIE Fighter. We never knew it was called an advanced TIE Fighter. Mm-hmm. Empire, we get introduced to the TIE Bomber. Mm-hmm. And Return of the Jedi, we get introduced to the TIE Interceptor. So now we're up to four classes. And then we see how you know some of those came from this, might have come from the Sith Infiltrator to a variation of the the second style of Jedi Starfighter. And then in Rebels, we see the advanced TIE Fighter 1 that was used by uh, the Inquisitors. And then we get the, the Tri-Wing. That was what called the TIE Defender. I, if I remember correctly, yes. So, yeah. And, and then it's, it's just a great looking ship. Yeah. And, and the cool thing is they all have the same cockpit. It's, it's the wing configuration that changes. Right. Except for, except for the Vader's TIE fighter, his cockpit is a lot different. Mm. And then you've got Kylo Ren's TIE silencer too. Yep. And then we got the TIE, uh, there was the, uh, oh, what was the ones called in Rogue One on Scarif? Oh. Uh, I, I don't remember. I don't either. I don't remember. Curse and, my old memory. And those were cool, too, because it still had the same cockpit wing mount configuration, but the wings were different. Right. Uh, the only one where the cockpit has been different has been Vader's. And the funny thing is, when Hasbro first released the toys, Vader, all the toys for Vader's TIE Fighter was all the same except for the wing. The cockpits were all the same except for the wings. And then we find out later, well, no, there, there's a little bit more bulk behind the cockpit that we just never had. Mm. So, yeah, I think it's cool. Yeah. 
I, I, I am digging this. I know. And, and especially since you pointed out the cannons there, I'm like, oh. I, yeah. I, I think I this, can, this is now my favorite of the ties. I know. I'm loving it. I cannot wait to get in action. And then I'm going to throw this one out there, too. Apparently, Cherry Tree Incorporated announced a Star Wars Death Star-themed personal computer. Yeah, that thing's cool. Um, they have released their ultimate weapon. No, no, no. PC. The Death Star-themed computer will be available to preview. Well, it was available for preview at Comic-Con. Um, and pre-orders could be made at MyCherryTree.com or at this point in time. Um, so... Here's the information behind it. The personal computer will be available in the U.S. and Canada. It has an optical Pico projector mounted in the laser dish. It's also available. It could be configured to the max specs of a ninth generation i9 9900 or 9900k 8 core 3.6 gigahertz processor 32 gigs of ram an m2 nvme up to two terabytes whatever that means must be the hard drive yeah i believe so um geforce rtx 2070 mini ITX 8 gigabit graphics card or gigabyte graphics card. Two easy access drive bays for 2.5 inch hard drive, I guess, hard drives. Um, water cooling with ultra quiet fan included. Optional 1080p supported Pico projector in the laser dish. And the case is made and assembled in the U.S. Pre-order this. Um, this will only cost you $1,199. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. It's got four ports. I don't recognize what these drives are. I'm not sure. Uh, But looking on their site, they have a Borg microcube microcomputer Mm. or a Borg cube PC. Yeah. With new models coming soon. There's the Alcove, the Drone, the Locutus, and the Queen. The Alcove is eight ninety nine. The Drone, thirteen ninety nine. Locutus, twenty one ninety nine. The Queen, twenty five ninety nine. It's all different specs inside of it. Um, trying to see what else they have on here. Then they, I guess, they have their own micro computer as well, which is, I guess, like a mini piece, uh, mini mini Mac or mini PCs. And then they have a Cube Q U B E computer as well. So yeah. I mean, it's cool that they do more than just the Star Wars. They're going to do Star Trek as well. Right. Which is pretty awesome. Yeah. So, um, other than that, any final thoughts? Yes, I have one final thought. I have a little Star Wars fun fact for you. Go for it. All right. So, uh, the... um, Cantina, the guy who runs the cantina at Mos Eisley, um, Mr. Wooher, his name is. Um, the reason, if you recall, he doesn't like, he doesn't serve droids in the cantina. And apparently, the reason he doesn't say serve droids at the cantina is because his parents were killed by battle droids during the Clone Wars. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> As a little Star Wars fun fact for you. Oh, jeez. I think I did read that somewhere. And it just never sunk in. <laughs> wow. Well, on that note, there's only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jets, I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. 
Oh, 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 oh,